people have always wanted to compete in esports, uh, or at least compete in round video games. And it wasn't, you know, until probably, I don't know, 17 years ago that somebody actually like called it esports. From New Studio 110 at the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Niche. A podcast about unique interests. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Jacob Solis. And uh, Jacob, what are we? Uh, what's our episode on today? We're talking about electronic sports, Joey. All right. And uh, how do I know you? Why are you co-hosting with me today? Uh, we are we are colleagues here at the Reynolds School of Journalism. Yeah, we we both do uh, we both do radio and uh, journalism things. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. So uh, that's why you're on today. It is. That's why I'm here. All right. So what do you know about esports? Uh, I know I know that uh, they're sports that uh, men play with their fingers. <laughs> Finger sports. Yeah, more or less. Fingers, fingers, screens. And fat prizes. All right. Yeah. And would you can like this is being covered by ESPN now and stuff. These right. are these are video games being played as sports. Right. That makes more sense than how I described it. Yes. What, what do you think about? How do you feel about video games being sports? Like, where, where do you actually stand on it? Like, well, I I uh, I am you know I play the video games from time to time, and I am bad enough at them to appreciate how good other people are. The reaction times are insane, and the way that they calculate, you know, the, in certain games like Super Smash Brothers, you know, calculating between frame by frame, like this move is going to take five frames, this move is going to take four frames. If I do this move, am I going to get punished, and vice versa? And like making those calculations in your head in like milliseconds is wild to me. I do not understand. But okay, so for people who don't know anything about video games, let's uh, let's, let's, let's back let's, up. Yeah, let's talk about video games a little bit here. So we both play video games. Right. We don't play them competitively. No. We're both bad at video games. Right. This is true. I know I play on a computer mainly, and you play on the Xbox. Right. So I think most competitive video games are on PC. Yes. It's, it, a lot of it is you, you have a finer degree of control with a keyboard and mouse than you would a controller. And so that's a lot of the reason why at least those games are played on PC. And, and, and yeah, and I think that like if you, if you didn't play video games, if you don't understand how hard it is to do what they're doing, then it looks like, you know, hogwash to you. So to clear up some things, we went out and found a professional esports athlete to explain why it's not necessarily hogwash. Um, my name's Edwin. Um, some of my guys, if you watch Hearthstone, you might know me as Hot Meowth. I'm Edwin Hot Meowth Cook, and I play Hearthstone professionally. Yeah, Hearthstone is like poker is kind of a sport, right? Yeah. Hearthstone is kind of like wizard poker. It's like a so it's a digital card game where you like make decisions to play and like you just play um one one versus one and there's been a lot of hype and like esports like scene into it. And it's like it's one of the bigger esports, right? Yeah, it's definitely one of the esports like along with League of Legends, Dota 2 and stuff like that. But it's like different cuz like and Hearthstone is more like more decision making and like just like it's it, it's like in the chess category. You're a professional Hearthstone player. You play it professionally like it's like your job, right? Yeah, I started being professional since like I qualified for like the Hearthstone Summer Championship, and then I participated in the Hearthstone World Championship 2016, which is like the biggest like thing in Hearthstone because it's the Hearthstone World Championship, and I top eight in that. America's um Summer Championship for Hearthstone, there's like a hundred k prize pool, and I won that, and then I got twenty five k. Okay. And then the World Championship where everyone's hyping, it's like the biggest Hearthstone thing, and there's like a lot of people watching. It's like worldwide, and there's like a million pri- a million prize pool for it, and okay. like the winner gets like 250k, and I top it at that and got 50k. 
So you may be hearing these words like Hearthstone, League of Legends, Dota 2, StarCraft. These are all these are all games that people play. These are all different sports within the esports genre. Um, but if you're still a little bit confused and overwhelmed by all of these, uh, hopefully we can clear it up and explain a little bit better. Esports um, at its core is basically playing video games on a professional competitive level. And that literally means taking any video game and playing it competitively. Um, whether it be you play Mario Party against other people and you know you compete in a tournament. And certain games are better set up for this than others. This is Kaylor Miley. He is the president of the Nevada Esports Club and they are one of the largest organizations on the UNR campus. What, what do I know about video games? Uh, I play a lot of video games, a lot more than I should. I'm not very good at them. But it's fun, and it's it's a good way for me to de-stress. That's about it. I what uh, what's your major? Computer science and engineering. Is that why you're so stressed? Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Nevada Esports is a pretty cool club. It's one of the largest clubs on campus, actually. And what we do is set up a bunch of competitive events for people to come play video games, usually League, Dota, Hearthstone, um, those kind of games. ESPN is now playing these on ESPN2 now airs esports. There are people playing League of Legends. It's two teams of five, uh, and they're playing against each other. Right. Being aired on ESPN. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, how can you say that like, that's a sport? Like, what about the people that are watching? They're like, this isn't a sport. What do you think? Like, I think you you genuinely have to be into the culture because you you can make the saying argument about curling, right? How do you convince someone that curling's a sport when it just looks like you're sweeping ice with a broom? <laughs> that's true. Like, and and if if you're not into the the nuances of the game from the start, because if you don't understand what's happening, then you can't sympathize with or not sympathize, but like you can't enjoy what's happening because you have zero idea what's going on. And, and that's any sport. I mean, like I'm a very big fan of motor racing and what I've learned is that no one cares about motor racing around me as much as I do and trying to explain it to them I just get glazed looks because it's just not it's not interesting to them there there are teams all around I'd say there's probably more than 160 to 180 schools that will compete in each of these tournaments and then there's a basically a play-in stage to grand tournament and then you make playoffs and for League of Legends it's usually best two of three for each match, and if you win your match, you move on through the Collegiate Star League CSL. My name is Tyler Schroet, CEO of the Electronic Gaming Federation. So the, the premise of the EGF was essentially to create sort of the, the next iteration of the NCA and apply it to esports. So we as a company work with students and administrators to develop formal varsity programs, kind of ranging from educational programs to competitive. We organize and oversee the competitions as that's sort of where like the NCA analogy comes in. Uh, when you have the conversation around what esports is uh, with a variety of people, you get a variety of answers. So when we go into a college, it's always student-based to start with, uh, because obviously like if you're going to create this type of program, students are going to be the ones that drive it, whether it be for competitors or for viewers. Uh, and in the early stages, they'll often be the ones that are leading its adoption because you'll find that like administrators at colleges are generally a little older and a little less familiar with the esports industry as a whole. So we found that students actually end up leading the programs, at least initially, as kind of the administration figures out what it is. 
So how do you how do you get people to make that leap then? Because I think certainly there are, you know, like you mentioned, administrators of that older generation who don't see uh, video games and esports as as legitimate, I guess, uh, for lack of a better yeah. word. How, how do you get them to make that leap and, and sort of believe in, in the validity of, of what you guys are doing? A lot of it's just been based on numbers. Uh, I mean, I think you'll find that a lot of people in colleges and high schools and governments and everything are very data-driven. When you get to put out stats like, you know, there are 260 million people all over the world that watch esports, there are prize pools that, you know, now extend beyond $25 million if you're talking about, uh, you know, Dota 2 or, or games like that. Uh, or if you start to see things like there's sold out stadiums all over the world, whether it be Madison Square Garden, the Staples Center, the Mercedes-Benz Center in Germany, all of those are very real, very tangible examples of how serious the world is about esports. So are colleges like recruiting people like the way they would for sports now? Yes. In many colleges, you can get scholarships to play League of Legends or Dota or Hearthstone at certain universities. Here, that's not the case. We're trying to change that. We are recognized as a club sport, but we want to be recognized by the athletic department as a sport. And that way we could get some funding to actually bring people to play for the team and set up coaching and, and have staff to essentially grow the player base and our knowledge base and become more and more competitive against some of these other schools. And many schools actually do have um, this infrastructure in place. UC Irvine is one of them. University of Washington is one of them. Some of them have succeeded, but there is varying success based on how the school and the state um, views esports in general. I think esports in some form or another has been around forever. I mean, if you think like all the way back to like Pac-Man and Pong and things that like I grew up with. In 1997, there was the CPL or Cyber Athlete Professional League, which was the first case of an organized video game league that brought in both players and sponsors regularly. In 1998, StarCraft came out, which was a huge success in South Korea and was the game that really launched esports into what it is today. In 2004, the StarCraft Championship drew a crowd of over 100,000 people. In 2013, the U.S. accepted a player from South Korea into the U.S. on an athlete visa. In 2015, Madison Square Gardens was filled for the League of Legends finales. This year, the Dota 2 Championship prize pool is over $24.7 million. Multiple countries are even vying for esports to be included in the Olympics in the coming years. This analogy between, for us, stacking up traditional sports versus esports, seeing that the professional scene uh, in esports was starting to look very similar to what the professional scene in traditional sports look like. We had originally started just running tournaments out of our dorm for other college kids. And after a while, we started to look at how it became a real sustainable business. Uh, and so we started doing our professional services for college administrators, now with uh, state and local governments, high schools, and a bunch of other stuff. As the industry has sort of picked up, uh, increased the awareness of the conversation around esports, and now certainly the, the viability of someone to actually make a career out of it. I have, I'm on, on a professional esports team and make a lot of money out of it. So The main sponsor is Geico, it's like a car insurance company. Yeah. The sponsor funds the team to um, go for travels and just like make okay. teams and like the team decide like what a contract is. Okay. Esports teams are kind of new relatively. Like my team is like only a, a year and a half old and like I play in a lot of like open tournaments to qualify for like bigger tournaments. So, yeah, 
and and like, I think another thing is like most sports um, involve a physical aspect, and the physical aspect of esports is clicking a mouse. Or, I would agree that that's a big part of it. And also, I think it's the only sport. Some people say that, that they're using technology, and most other sports you're not really doing that. It's more it's more like physical people like playing like against you know each other physically. <laughs> right. There's some there's some level of physical fitness that goes into it, and like it's weird to call something a sport that does not involve working out. But and the crazy thing is like. The, the people measure the CPMs, which is clicks per minute. Right. And that is like you need to have a high CPM to be competitive in these. Most people can't click as fast as these other people as right. precisely as them. So this is this is something that's more about precision and about like just accuracy and knowing what's going on. It's a lot more about strategy. It's a lot more mental fortitude, I would say, than other sports. I think it's, right. it's, it's the most strategic right now sport that I can think of off the top of my head. I wouldn't say that it requires more mental fortitude. I would say that it requires more mental fortitude than you would assume it does. Well, I think it also, it, it, it depends. Which is most sports, I think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think it uses a different part of your brain, right? Like you're playing right. baseball, you're thinking about like, like every little like bit of your physical brain, like in your brain, like the, little, the part that controls the physical part of your body is like firing so that you can hit a small ball moving 100 miles an hour with a thin bat. Right. Like that's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you throw somebody on a computer and they have to know how to move around units or how to shoot somebody accurately on a computer screen. Like these are these are skills that these people are developing. Right. So out of everyone in the world, you were the eighth best player. Yeah. In 2016. Yeah. The most the the thing I learned about like playing like like video card game is probably just like having a competitive mindset and like I don't know just like when you're on stage like nerves really get to you and like just the competitive mindset you're not get nervous and like just like make decisions under pressure like when you there's like like when I got to the world championship top eight there's like 50,000 online and you, like even if you're like really good at a game you still get nervous because like just because like what's on the line and it's like every sport where like when something's on the line you have to have a competitive mindset to like keep calm and like just like focus on a game and not care not care about like anything anything like not care about like what people think about you and just play your best and like yeah I said I'm pretty well known like everyone in Hearthstone scene knows me just cause like I went to world championship and that's like the biggest thing most people like Watch. don't know what esport is like yeah. it's more like people in the circle like when I go to a land and like some people like hey oh you're hot meow for you're like Edwin yeah I did like some signings. It was really weird because I never did that before, and it's really weird to do it after video games. Yeah, it was weird, but maybe I'll get used to it. My parents generally tell me to focus on school because, like, video games is... Like, most people view video games as just kind of like a fun game, like a thing you, you do as a hobby or, like, thing you do just to have fun. But I don't know, like, they're supportive of it, but they just told me to focus on school. But as long as I make money of it, like, if... It's actually a stable job, or I can like stream video games and make money, or like play in tournaments and win them. Then yeah, I think esports is is a really valuable thing, and it makes it it breaks down a lot of the stigma that video games currently have. That it's like a a useless pastime, and it really isn't a useless pastime. And if you want to make a career out of this, even if it's not becoming a professional player, because it is the likelihood that you become a professional League of Legends player or Hearthstone player is just as small as becoming a professional basketball player or football player. It's super unlikely. 
but you can make other careers out of this as well. There are people that um, are interested in analyzing the game and they can become good coaches. There are people that are interested in talking about the game and they can become good casters where they present and talk about the games while the the competitive teams are playing them. There's so many different avenues um, and careers that are popping up because of esports and it's really becoming an industry rather than an amateur league. I mean, what people don't realize either is like, I think the older generation is that the video game is like becoming a multi-billion dollar industry now. Yes. It's huge. It is. It, it is. is absolutely massive. And the pots at these e-sports e, uh, e tournaments are absolutely massive. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like fourth, fifth place people are, are getting like $50,000. I mean, right. Like, and you're getting major sponsors like these sort of computer companies and things sponsoring your esports team. And you're getting a lot of money just from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's teams or sponsors. It's You're not just making money from the winnings. You're also just you're you're. You're becoming a personality. There are there are teams for League of Legends, which is a, a game that right. people play competitively. That uh, I mean, they're sp- sponsored by Monster Energy Drink, Geico. These are these are large companies that are sponsoring right. these events because people watch them, and, and, and these are becoming celebrities. These teams are are, are becoming known, like Cloud Nine. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's the only one I know of them. <laughs> yeah, but no, I and yeah, I get what you're saying. The, the ecosystem itself mirrors what a normal sports ecosystem looks like when it comes to sponsors and the way that events and teams are funded. Uh, it, it all looks the same, and so uh, at, at one point, uh, at what point do you stop calling in uh, or start calling an apple an apple? Thank you for listening to this episode of Niche. I hope you learned a lot about esports today. Jacob, do you feel like you uh, learned anything? You know what, Joey? I did. I learned that not only is wizard poker real, it's lucrative. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at NichePod, or go to our website, NichePod.com. Today's episode was produced and edited by Jacob and myself, Joey Lovato, as well as some editorial help from Regina Revazova and David Calvert. Our music was First Day by Huma Huma. Thank you for listening to this episode of Niche. We'll have some more to you soon. South Korea does, in fact, not have StarCraft II as their official sport. It's Taekwondo this whole time. Mm-hmm.